0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Astros Baseball. It's Friday, February the 15th. I'm your host, Rob Fontenot. Uh, Yesterday was Valentine's Day. Uh, So I went and got my wife a dozen roses. I got her some uh, chocolates. And the wrapper was white and purple, which is her favorite color. So I put a little extra effort into it. Didn't just grab a random red... Heart shaped uh, candy box because this box is actually a rectangle, so that's a little different. And then I got her a card, and you also have to make sure just a little advice from me you have to make sure the card actually has something to do with you and your loved one's life together, not just some random card. Put a little effort into your relationship, guys. That's all I'm saying. So, anyway, this episode is the most unorganized episode that I've ever made. I have three and a half to four pages of notes. It seems like most of it is about Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander. I have no idea how to break it up into segments because the notes are just everywhere. And uh, so we'll just go on the fly. We're going to talk about... uh, the Astros actually finally acknowledging something that I've been talking about, so that's pretty good. We're going to talk about where your Astros fell in the top 100 players today. I think we did very well. We're very, we're very well represented on that list. Uh, we're going to talk about the broken state of free agency which has led to some people signing some contract extensions to kind of avoid having to go through that. And one of them was a pretty big name. Um, So that's about it. Not a whole lot to talk about, but it should be enough for an episode. It should be enough uh, for you to enjoy or whatever. I don't know what to say. But it's going to be all over the place, so bear with me and uh, let's enjoy this journey together. ...of the HodgePodge podcast. We'll be right back right after this, folks. Okay, so bear with me on this podcast. I have my uh, highlighter out. I'm going to highlight everything I talked about... ...so that I do not repeat myself. Or I'm going to try not to. So here is all the awesome information... ...that I'm going to share with you today... Uh, Garrett Cole wins his arbitration case against the Astros. The team offered him 11.4. He will make 13.5. I didn't do a podcast yesterday, so I'm a day late. Uh, this actually doubles his salary from last season. I personally agree that he deserved it. He uh, finished fifth in the voting for the Cy Young, a 15-5 and record. With a 2.88 ERA, he gave the Astros 200 innings. He had 276 strikeouts and a 1.03 WHIP, which is awesome. So, one thing that I've been talking about is the and it's been frustrating me the situation with Jake Marisnik, Tyler White, and. Tony Kemp. They all can't make the team, and one of them, we're going to lose if we don't trade them. So finally, the Astros talked about this, and I'm extremely happy. So here's my update on the Tyler White, Jake, and Kemp situation. So the Astros do realize that something needs to be done, like trading one of these guys. They realize this is something that they might have to do. But one thing that I read as I was reading about this is they said, and I can't remember if it was Hinch or Luno, it doesn't really matter, they said they want all three of these guys to have a chance to make the roster. They don't want to decide before. They don't want to say, okay, They all aren't going to make it. Let's trade Kemp. They want them all to come into camp, and they want them all to have a chance to make the team. So I like that. So also, they even said this. They said they can't make a decision too late because no one... If you wait until you figure out who's going to make the team, nobody's going to want to make a trade with you. The value of your trade is almost zero if these people already know they're not going to make the team. So they're not going to give you a good pitching prospect for someone that you're going to get rid of. So they have to balance that out. They have to figure. So, if I was them, which I'm pretty sure they are, I would start working deals for these guys. Start making, start putting some feelers out there. What can I get for Jake Marisnik? I mean, he's a valuable person. I mean, somebody could use him. And I think Tony Kemp would be a more valuable trade piece. But put the feelers out there, know what you can get for people, and then make your decision pull off the trade, and get rid of it. So I'm pretty sure the Astros are smart enough to do this. So what I read this morning, which could change everything, is Hinch was quoted as saying there's also a chance that we go with only 12 pitchers instead of 13 and we can carry an extra position player. Now if they do this, they don't need to get rid of Any of them. They could all make the team. So this is something that we'll have to keep an eye on. But I'm at least happy, I'm satisfied that they have finally acknowledged the fact that they're going to have to do something. So the other day, if you remember, I reported about Madison Bumgarner claiming that if the uh, Giants tried to use that opener role on a day that he was pitching, that he would walk out of the stadium. So apparently they were interviewing Cole, and they asked him his opinion, and uh, Garrett Cole said he was against it, and he was quoted as saying, I'm not going to buy a ticket to watch a math equation. And it says in the story... And in my opinion, and all of you know, that he is not going to have to worry about it. The Astros aren't going to do it, for one thing. They haven't even talked about it. And another thing, he's awesome. Why would they do that? Bumgarner's awesome. He's awesome. JV's awesome. They're not going to do it. So he don't have to worry about it. So let's move on to Alex Bregman. He was uh, quoted... As saying, I want nothing more in this world than to beat the Red Sox. So, the story that was out there in the Twitterverse, if that's what you want to call it, is, it was saying something, it quoted what Bregman said, and then it kind of was saying that the Astros and the Red Sox are a rivalry. Now, I disagree with this. You do... You can look back at the last two seasons. The Astros knocked the Red Sox out of the playoffs. Last year, the Red Sox knocked the Astros out. Is is that enough that they've built a rivalry? I don't think so. It's not a rivalry to me. I don't feel it in any way. Not that it matters what I think, but I'm a fan, and I don't sense that as a rivalry. So... I know what people are coming at. You have, like I said, the last two seasons, they knocked each other out of the playoffs. But to me, all Alex Bregman is saying is, "What well, this is what I think he means, is they're the champs. They were the best team in baseball. And, that, and they knocked us out last year. And that's who I want to beat. Does that make Boston and Houston a rivalry? I don't think so. So... I'm going to try to say this guy's name, Alidmus Diaz. Let's see if I got that right. I have no idea. I looked it up before and uh, so I could learn how to say it, but I haven't said it since, and so I'm not sure. Alidmus Diaz. It said on a story today that he brought four gloves to spring training, and we know he can play left field and shortstop. I think third base and maybe second or first. I'm not really sure. But Hinch said this morning that they're going to try him out in right field. So this spring training, they are going to, or Hinch is going to find out how capable Diaz is in all these different positions because he was brought in as the utility guy. He's here to replace Marvin Gonzalez. Gonzalez, I don't think he ever played right field, but he can play everywhere. But Diaz's main position is shortstop, but he's going to have to play everywhere. And right field is one of them. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll keep an eye on Diaz and how much of a uh how much of a utility man that he turns out to be. So anyway, that's page one of the notes. So that looks like a good time to take a small break. We'll be right back. So Garrett Cole was being interviewed the other day. And like I said, a lot of material today about Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander. So they interviewed him the other day. And I guess they asked him if he would be open to a contract extension... And he said he would be. He said it takes both sides to have an agreement. He said the organization checks off a lot of boxes and he enjoys being part of Houston Astros. So, my response to this when I read it on Twitter is, what do you expect him to say? He's got to play here another year. He's not... Gonna say he doesn't like it here. He has to say the right things. Do I believe that this means that he would like to stay here? But what he said is it takes both sides to have an agreement, which to me is pretty much saying I wouldn't mind staying here, but the Astros have not approached me about staying here. In my opinion, if they were going to give him an extension, that maybe they would have taken care of that before the arbitration case. So speaking of arbitration cases and extension, Aaron Nola, who I believe, and I've said before, I do not know a lot of stuff about other teams. I mostly know about the Astros, but I know Aaron Nola is very good, and he's probably, in my opinion, I would assume he's the ace of the Philadelphia Phillies. So Nola signed a four-year extension for $45 million. So that, in my math, is a little over $11 million a year, and that is very, very low. So Nola's 26 years old, He finished third in Cy Young voting. So Patrick Corbin, if you remember at the beginning of the the offseason, he signed a six-year, $140 million contract with the Nationals. So Aaron Nola really signed a contract way below his value. But... Aaron Nola wasn't going to be a free agent until 2021, until after 2021. So you're looking at, he still has three seasons left to play, and they just signed him in for four. So they're covering up the arbitration years and one year of free agent. So they also have a club option for a fifth year, which would take the contract up to 56 million which is just another 11. So, that's a club option? I don't really know about that, but all this says is that the state of free agency, this guy doesn't want to deal with it. That's my opinion. My opinion is he could have got a lot more money if this Corbin guy signed for that much. So anyway, like I said, he would have been a free agent in three years. So he got his arbitration. They don't have to worry about arbitration. And he takes only one year of his free agency away and the club option for a fifth. So the Yankees kind of did the same thing. They signed Severino, four years, $40 million, which is ten. million. But that, co- that covers his arbitration years. So he's going to be... With the Yankees, five more seasons, you don't have to worry about it. And he also has a club option to cover the first year of free agency, and that's $15 million. So the Yankees have Severino, five more seasons. But what the extension is, it's covering the arbitration years. So it's not really, yes, he's worth more than $10 million, but he's not going to make that much in arbitration years so it kind of benefits the player at the beginning, but it benefits the team at the end. As you see like Garrett Cole made 6 million last year and this year is his last year arbitration and he made 13. So the it really helps the player cuz the players like Nola are probably only making 5 to 600,000 a year and now they're going to jump up guaranteed to 11. So they're getting a so they go from 600,000 maybe next year a million and then maybe after that four. So they're going to it's going to take them 4 years maybe to get up to where they're going to get paid now. So it's a good deal for them and it's a good deal for the team. I think it's a good deal for both and I just said the same thing twice. But anyway, Minnesota signed two of their players. Max Kepler a five-year $30 million deal and Polanco, Jorge, or George, I'm not sure how they say his name, and he signed for $25 million. and they were both five-year extensions so they're keeping two guys who they think is going to be the core of their team and they don't have to worry about these guys for five more years and Minnesota is not some uh, team that pays people a lot of money so it was a good move for them. And it's the same thing. It it uh, covers their arbitration years. So we'll go back to Justin Verlander. He had a quote again talking about the free agent market and rebuilding, in quotation marks. Certain organizations are hiding behind the word rebuilding and they want they're trying to appease their fans by saying that word and he said if he was a fan of the team he would be upset so i can't remember which sports writer put this on twitter but i read that and the first thing that came to my mind was doesn't this guy realize that he's on a team that was built that way. The Astros are good because they took that approach. They dumped all their contracts. They drafted well. They're developing their farm system, and that's why they're good. So he's talking bad about, a t- about teams rebuilding. I mean, the Astros were so bad. And if you remember when you couldn't watch them on TV, uh, they were so bad. They they got rid of all their good players. You couldn't watch them on TV. They wouldn't call any of their their young players up. They were losing a hundred games every season for four years. And I almost gave up on them. I was thinking first, these guys aren't trying to win. And I can't watch them. I'm forced to listen to him on the radio. I'm forced to follow him online. And I'm tired of them. I almost gave up on him. So, but anyway, going back to that, Verlander is on a team that was built that way. So you can't ridicule teams for following what the Astros did. The Astros did this. They lost 100 games four years in a row, but they won the World Series. They waited for these guys, their draft picks, to come up in the system, and they added pieces around them. So they got... Altuve was already there. Uh, Springer came up. Correa came up. And then Bregman came up. And then they start putting pieces around them. Let me get Reddick pop them in there. Let me go sign uh, Verlander and Garrett Cole. And then so, and they really don't have a whole lot of expensive pieces. The core of their team are the people that they picked up in the draft from, I guess you could call it tanking. So, anyway. So, what I said about that Is I tweeted back, does he realize that the team that he's on is built that way? And there's no way back in 2011 that the Astros would have signed Bryce Harper or Manny Machado or whoever was the superstar free agent at the time. They wouldn't have signed somebody for 10 years and $300 million. So he's playing on a team that represents everything that he's talking bad about. So, keeping on the Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander subject, someone on Twitter was asking, can we sign both of these guys? Uh, Like I said earlier, Cole is up for an extension. He said he's up for it if they want to do it. He's young and he's good. But what I've read about him And like I said, he has to say that. I like Houston. I wouldn't mind staying here, but they have to offer it to me. I don't think they're going to. I think they would have already done it. But what I've read, and from listening to Colin McHugh's podcast, and knowing that he went to UCLA, he's a California boy. He's a Los Angeles boy. They have the Angels. They have the Dodgers. That's where his family's at. I mean, if you had to... If I had to guess, I don't think he would stay here even if we did offer him that. I I could be wrong, and I know this probably isn't true for everybody, but I think he's going to try to go to the Dodgers or the Angels. And he's going to want a lot of money. And I've already talked about this before. We have a lot of good pitchers coming up. So Justin Verlander, who's going to be 36 this year, um... I was kind of iffy if I was correct about that the other day, but I did read it. I was correct. He's going to turn 36 this season. So Verlander, who's going to be a free agent also, he's quoted as saying, I can pitch. Either I can pitch till I'm 45, or I want to pitch till I'm 45. So that is nine more years. That's nine more seasons. So this dude is more than likely going to have a great season again this year. I don't doubt his ability at all. And so he's so he is going to be a free agent next year. We already know this. That's why he's talking so much about free agency being broken, broken and something needs to be done cuz he needs to get all this fixed before he has to go through it. So what I take from this comment Is he can pitch till he's 45. He already makes 30 million. This guy's gonna want a five to seven year contract, which would put him at 42. And he's mostly a fastball pitcher, from what I remember. I think he can pitch till he's 42. So I think someone's gonna sign him for five to seven years. Not sure. Not sure the way the analytics go. If uh, it, It's starting to show that the older the players get, the less effective they are, and that's why they're not going to get long contracts. But I think that's why he's saying, I can pitch till I'm 45, because he wants seven more years. Maybe five at the least. I think he's someone that you could offer a lot of money for two more years, but who knows. But anyway, my answer to that and it'll go, it'll go into. I don't know if the word segue, but it'll segue into the next, the next part of the podcast. But my opinion has always been, we have to sign Springer, Bregman, and Correa. They are the core of the team. We already have they signed, and I've I believe this all along that Whitley is going to be a stud. That's the number one guy. Bukakis, who's doing good in the Arizona Fall League. He's going to be a stud. And then you got Josh James. So there's three good guys right there. And you still have Framber Valdez. You still have um, Armonteros, I believe that's his name. I think we have so many pitchers. And then the Astros are good at signing people like Charlie Morton and hopefully Wade Miley works out in the same way. So I don't think they need to invest $30 million a year on these guys pitching. I do think, perhaps, if I had to decide between giving $30 million a year to Garrett Cole or $30 million a year to Correa, based on last season, I would rather give that to... Garrett Cole. You can move Bregman back over to shortstop and call up one of these third basemen you have. There's something you could do, but hopefully Correa, 100%, his back is uh, fine and he goes back to the way he was when he was a better player because I really think our pitching is so good coming up in the farm system that we need to focus on keeping these guys together. Plus... They're all the fan favorites. Uh, no way Bregman goes anywhere. They're going to offer him so much money that he won't have a uh, he won't want to go. But plus he's he goes he went to LSU and LSU is close to Houston. I don't see Bregman going anywhere. So anyway, this segment segues into the story about the top one hundred players. Altuve number six. We already have him. Five more seasons. Last year he was number 2. Alex Bregman, the number 7 overall player in the top 100, last year he was 57. We've got Verlander at number 20, he was number 29, so he improved his ranking being with the Astros. Correa, number 31, he was 10 last year. Springer number 37, he was 24. Garrett Cole, number 42, he was unranked, and Brantley, number 75. So you got one, two, three, four, five, six. You've got seven players in the top 100, and that's why we're good. But if you look at the core, you've got Altuve, who's number six. He was number two last season. He got hurt, so that's why his value went down a little bit. And also some other people kind of stepped up. So just looking at this year, you got... Altuve and Bregman, top 10 players. Correa and Springer, top 37. you got to keep these guys together. Brantley's at 75. He'll be here this year next year. Don't know about after that. So that's why I say you got to keep these guys together. You've got very, very good players. Correa was number 10 last year. When Correa's healthy, he's very good. And I agree, or I don't agree with anybody, but I say... Let's save the core. We got good pitchers coming up. We got good outfielders coming up. I think we're good to go. So let's take a break and we'll be right back. Okay, so how many of you saw or read the report that the Astros and the Nationals had a deal? for uh, Bryce Harper last year at the trade deadline. So what it was, and it doesn't say who the Astros were going to give them, but the Astros actually had the deal on the table. Here we go. We're in. They said yes, no backing out, and the Nationals backed out. So the Astros could have had Bryce Harper last year. So the question... Is, would that have made a difference? Would the Astros have been able to win the World Series? Would they, first, they had to get past the Red Sox, but would they have been able to get past the Red Sox? Would be the question. So, what I've said in the past, and I'm not the only one that feels this way, is that everything has to fall into place. For the Astros, if you remember, You have timely home runs, like Marvin Gonzalez. You have plays that had to have happened. Bregman throwing the runner out at home. That had to happen. Stuff has to happen. The Astros stayed healthy the whole season. The same five pitchers pitched in the rotation the whole year. Everything happened. Last year, Correa was hurt. Springer hurt his thumb. Everything happened last year. We lost Charlie Morton at the end of the year. He didn't help us out at all. A lot of things have to happen. Like the Red Sox was the same thing. They had plays that went their way, and they weren't injured. So everything happened. So the question is, would adding Bryce Harper make a difference? It would have made us better but would it have been enough to beat the Red Sox? Would it have been enough to overcome what happened to the Astros? Would Bryce Harper make a difference in a three to one or four to one uh series? I say no. He would have made it closer. He would have made a difference. Would it would it have been enough? I don't know. I say no, but who knows? What do you think? So Machado, he met with San Diego, so we still have no news on where these guys are going to go. So there's really not much to talk about. So they did have a story this morning that uh, with the free agents left, there's five teams that could just go all in. Like I said before, go all in. You got Cole, you got Verlander, One more season, just do it. Go all in. So what they said about the Astros is they said they should sign Dallas Keuchel and Bryce Harper to one-year deals. And this would put them over the top. So I guess that's just dreaming. It's not going to happen. But it would be cool. I think if the Astros did go for Harper, and he did play better than he did last year, if he went back to his old form, uh, that would be an amazing one-year contract. And I don't care if the guy wanted $40 million. I would say do it. I would rather have Bryce Harper than Josh Reddick. I do like Josh Reddick a lot, but if I had to choose between the two, I would take him. So, one more thing that I wanted to, I guess it's a couple things. So one thing uh, I wanted to point out, I talked about the giveaway, the Funko Pop Jose Altuve giveaway. I've only got one submission so far for the drawing, and there are 14 days left. Two weeks, March 1st, I will announce the winner. I'll order it for you online, and it'll get mailed to your house. So don't forget, If you want to win the Funko Pop. Uh, Darren F. Smith, he reached out to me on Twitter. And that's how I found out he wanted it. You can do email or text, however you want to do it. At Astros Podcast is the easiest way to do it if you have Twitter. Or 210-919-1695. I would say there's at least four or five of you that I correspond with. And so I'm at least expecting four or five people to enter this raffle for the Jose Altuve uh, Funko Pop figure. So another thing I wanted to say, there's two things I want to say. One is if you didn't know, my son is in the Navy and he's stationed in Guam. And he just told me yesterday that they are moving him to San Diego in August. So that is really, really cool that my son will be near enough to go visit. And also, I told my wife yesterday, my son will be in San Diego. So our summer trip in July of 2020, without a doubt, San Diego. Hopefully the Padres have a game and hopefully they they play the Astros. We haven't yet decided on our summer trip, but if you know me, it's got to be a town that has baseball. Uh, Denver, Seattle, or Philadelphia are the three choices this year, and I believe they all have games at home while I'm going to be on vacation. But my wife wants me to hold out until I no longer have a vision impairment. So... I guess the last thing I wanted to say is I do appreciate everyone out there for listening. I'm not sure what happened, but if you remember last month was the most listens in the history of the podcast. Last month beat all the other months for the whole year that I've been doing this. But what's crazy is yesterday was the 14th and we've already passed what we had last month. So I don't know what's going on, but I do appreciate everyone out there for listening. I know we've had a couple of new listeners reach out to me on Twitter, so I guess we are gathering some momentum. But I just want to say, everyone that's been listening for a year and all of the new people, I really do appreciate it, and I hope you enjoy it. So anyway, that is this episode. Uh, We will see you next time on Astros Baseball. Thanks for listening, folks. who get it done.